This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Jam. I'm Darian, and I wanted to start by saying thanks to our friends at Canada Post who send us magazines uh, every quarter to inspire us, encourage us, and give us incredible case studies. Uh, I'm sure Ryan uh, has had clients in this, who is our guest right now. I'm sure he will be featured in this in future episodes of Insight Magazine, a physical magazine that you could be have sent to your agency office, your uh, brand office, your uh, dorm room, wherever you're listening in from, they will mail you one of these magazines for free, which is pretty awesome. So thank you, Canada Post. Ryan, it is an honor to have you here. Um, I've been following you guys for a while. The cult gathering is, is famous in, in my books, and, and I've always wanted to go. I've never gone myself. I've always dreamed of one day going. Like It's like the Disneyland for marketers and those in agency life. Um, but, but Ryan, why don't we start with you? What is your origin story? How did you get to where you are today? I've always been from day one a uh, person that figures it out. There's, there's literally nothing that can't be figured out with a little bit of effort and a lot of creativity and options. And um, so I, I started as an entrepreneur. Um, I, I don't know how far you want me to go back. I was born and then I, I, I went to school. But around 11 years old or 12 years old, I started collecting golf balls, shining them up and reselling them and it's like the ultimate business, low overhead costs. My brothers did it for free. I shined them up and did the marketing and, and uh, no product costs. And so I would make money and, I would, and early in my life, uh, my friends would always be like, how do you have money? And I would, I would be like, I work for it and I do this uh, golf ball thing on the weekends and it makes me a lot of money. And uh, what money did for me was allow me to do stuff. And I was like, I like that. And so uh, then I did horrible in school, got kicked out when I was 17. Uh, ended up moving from Ontario. I lived in a small town called Brockville, uh, a gritty little town, which I still love. It's on the St. Lawrence River, just across from New York State and uh, right on the border. And um, there was no real industry happening there. And I wanted to get out of Ontario. I wanted to try something new. So when I was about 19, 18, 19, I moved out west uh, to Calgary. And I kind of came into, there was ups and downs in Calgary, but kind of walked into a boom. Did a bit of schooling, again, was shitty at it, um, and jumped into an agency, worked at an agency for a while, thought, uh, I can do this myself. Two of the guys, the creative guys there, we went out on our own, started an agency called Suitcase, a digital agency in the early, in 2000, early 2000s. Um, that seems like, I think people will be like, well, that was later in the internet world. No, no one had websites at that time. They still didn't. So we were knocking on doors saying, you want a website? And they're like, no, that's like we're you know, gambling and porn. That's all that's on the internet, right? This is what they're saying to me. And so we built a great agency, uh, grew explosive growth up till about 2007, and then a horrible decline. I almost lost the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really tough times emotionally and losing, going through losing people, losing business, and we saved it. And then we built it back up over the next three years and sold it in 2011 uh, to a company called Watermark. I probably lasted six days in my contract of like non-compete and I had to work for them. I went back to the owners of that company and said, I'd like to give you some of the money back. I want to be an owner in this new company and a partner. Uh, they allowed me to do that. And then that new company actually became the company called Cult. 
and which I'm wearing a shirt proudly today. And it, cool. what what was it called when you joined them originally? It was called this is a really uh, really creative name, uh, Watermark Suitcase. My company is called Suitcase Interactive, and okay. they were Watermark. So we put a plus in the middle. That, that was okay. horrible. And uh, we, yeah. we needed to become. And the reason wasn't just a cool name. We wanted to stand for something different. We didn't want to be a digital agency because we felt that was commoditized, and we didn't want to be an ad agency because we knew the demise was happening there, a traditional agency. And so we really formed at that time, which we called a marketing consulting firm uh, that was um, platform agnostic. And that business is still going today. It exploded and grew and it's became uh, at least famous in the U.S. and Canada. We've worked with some of the biggest brands in the world and um, it's been it's still going today. And I'm the chairman of it now. I don't uh, operate it anymore. I still have an ownership stake in it, but uh, I've moved on, stepped down about. As president, I think I stepped down two years ago, and and then um, uh, we started the gathering as well. You mentioned that earlier, uh, about a year into cult as a uh, a way to rather than us talking about cult principles all the time, we thought we'd rather show people what cult principles are all about and those brands that people tattoo on their bodies. And so we just put them on stage, and uh, honestly, it was supposed to be a one-year thing, and now it's turned into Forbes names at number one. Uh, marketing conference in the world and it's so humbling and uh, I didn't definitely didn't do it it's been a, a team effort and um, so I'm trying to think about what else you need to hear from me I think that that's so that that's the gathering and then lately it's been uh, last two years it's been Communo my uh, latest startup that we're just still figuring out what we're doing okay and what is Communo for those that don't know yeah so Communo is a uh, marketing uh, platform or marketplace for agencies and freelancers or solopreneurs as they call them uh, and it's a private uh, network it's not an open marketplace uh, you can just join you have to apply to it and it's uh, the first time that all the right talent is all in one place we all know about the sharing economy and as you you know this your marketing it's Agency of record deals are not going away, they're gone, right? They're, the average deal now is six to 12 months, maybe three months. So the ebbs and flows of running an agency is really hard. Our, for those watching, if you don't know this, but our only product is people. And so uh, we, we sell people's brains and their thoughts. And, and, um, and it's really hard when you don't have long-term contracts to keep everyone on staff. And so there needed to be a solution and we needed it for our agency because you're really busy one month. So for instance, Home Depot would pay us a million dollars one month in fees, million and a half. That's great. The next month they pay us 75 grand. The next month they pay us 50. The next month it's 2 million. It's just really impossible to manage the volatility. And so we needed a solution for our company. So Chris, my, my co-founder and I said, uh, step down from cult, go build this thing. And uh, really the, the, the vision for it was simple, was can I just press a button and I can have everyone I need at the press of a button? It's in every other industry, why not here? And so we started that, you know, that journey uh, two years ago. And if I had known how hard it was going to be to build a marketplace, I definitely wouldn't have done it. After 20 years of doing hard work, this has been the hardest. But I'll tell you wow. this, it's the, most, it's the most inspirational, it's the most uh, rewarding, and um, no one's ever done it right. And I, you know, there's lots of platforms that they're like Upwork and different things like that, and they just don't deliver. They're not bad people. They just don't deliver the right quality. 
So we're trying to bring all the right talent all in one place and at a push of a button, you can have whoever you need. Uh, and, and there's no borders, right? Clearly, not everyone's going to be in Brockville or Calgary that you need to work on your project. Yeah. So to build a global platform like this, it's such an honor. And to be able to give back to the industry that gave me so much, it's cool. So would you say Chris's role with the cult, being a user of Communo, has been really helpful as, you, as you're building Communo, he is one of your customers, would you say? Yeah, so Communo is the Genesis member. We built it for we built it for cult, sorry. And so cult is the Genesis member of Communo, but obviously now we have over 40,000 users on the platform uh, around the world. And so we're still the, we still test stuff on us. And uh, they say when you're building a startup, you should always build something for yourself, solve a problem for yourself. Then you're going to have passion for it. You're going to understand it. And that is so true for us. And so we know uh, what we want. And so we built it for ourselves. And, uh, and we're lucky because now 40,000 people and growing also want to use it. Uh, so That's really cool. it's exciting. And we just raised our seed round for $3.5 million, $3.3 million. And we're really focusing now, which your listeners can hear, uh, we're building something called a compatibility quotient or communal quotient that is really around matching, uh, you know, not just on proficiency and skills, but personality. We all know when we work wow. with people, it's not just about are they good. There can be someone really good, a really great designer, or videographer, and they're a total asshole or, you know, or they're uh, disorganized. And so we're working on building, pairing social science and compatibility with data science of skills and trying to mix the two and it's very exciting like eHarmony yep yep that's really really cool so I, I, there's an agency that launched out here in Vancouver called 123 West they launched with this hilarious website full of Fiverr videos really? uh, and they became famous because it was uh, they were saying it's based after the movie industry where it's like you get a movie producer who then gets hired to do a movie and then assembles his team and then it's disassembled until the next movie comes along. So his agency model was two creative directors, or a few of them, and then they just build their team for the project, and then they go and then build the team for the project. Is this kind of the idea here? It's, a, you, you, it's amazing. You basically are reading from my deck when we're raising money. The two industries that we modeled after were uh, Hollywood, which changed a lot. I don't know if they told you the story. It used to be Hollywood have studios, and they'd have actors that are on staff. Mm -hmm. They'd have video, yeah. they'd have uh, uh, DOPs, and they'd have they'd have um, actor, and that's actors, writers. Everyone would be on staff, but that didn't work, right? When you're 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 turning over. So, and then the second industry we modeled after was the builder building industry, the building industry, construction industry. Mm -hmm. So you have your home yeah. builder, but the 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 electrician, the plumber, they're not on yeah. staff. They're contract. The word contract yeah. we all know came from that industry, um, and so we're moving there in the knowledge economy. People want to work from home. They want to work from anywhere they want. It's a perfect storm. There's no long-term contracts anymore. Clients are figuring out the advertising game where people were just sitting around, you know, um, drinking cocktails most of the time, and they just said yeah. no more. And you know what? I don't blame them. And I was part of the problem. I ran agencies that did that. We still did good work. We were honest people, but it was pretty fat. We could operate. I don't know how long you've been in the business, but we could operate at. 40%, 50% utilization, and that was like a standard. That's horrible. Like, what other industry allows that? So I think we're being, uh, the industry at, at a, as a whole, The it's an important time for us. because I think we're going to regain trust because um, 
we're gonna we have to get leaner, and and you pay for output, not just for time. That's great. It's almost the, the other piece being is that agencies that would call themselves full service, but they would outsource yeah fifty percent of the work. Huge imposter syndrome. I did it, right? You you want to say yes, and so I love this. It's actually going to allow people to be experts and also be able to say yes. The full service thing went away. I went to experts or specialty shops, mm -hmm. which I think will continue. But I think what Camino and platforms like ours will, will give, because I, I, we're not the only uh, dog in the race, platforms like ours will give creatives so much infinite scale now, and they can say yes mm -hmm. to uh, their clients and say, we can do that, I'm on Camino, and yeah, we don't do web design, we're a creative shop, but I have seven people in my tribe on Camino that can do it for you, and, and we know they're good. So it's exciting times. We also have no clue what we're doing. We're figuring it as we go. I love that humility. I've tried to put it in the team to say, listen, we're doing good. And we're like last year, $25 million went through the platform. That's huge. That's not anything to joke around about. So it's a real business, but we still are figuring it out. And I think having that attitude of we don't know shit uh, allows us to be curious and, and, and try stuff and, and screw up. And, and all the, the, the marketers and CMOs and agency folks that are, are listening to the show now and they've, they've maybe heard about the cult gathering, they've, they've considered going, they were intimidated by the website or intimidated by the price. What do you say to them? What's the magic that happens at the, the cult gathering? Yeah, um, the gathering, so like we, we started it, I'll give a little history too. So when we started cult, I told you at the beginning of this podcast, uh, was right out of the gate we got Harley Davidson, so our, our firm cult got... Harley Davidson, we started working with Zappos early, these really cult-like brands. Um, and instantly we started to get these cult brands, but there's not a lot of them in the world, right? There's millions of brands, mm -hmm. but cult status is, is, you know, there's hundreds. So mm -hmm. our great idea became an old, holy shit, what did we do idea? Because we really went niche. And so the, the birth of the gathering was actually supposed to be a Trojan horse. And we were going to bring these people in, give them an award, and then try to sell them. Literally an hour into the first year, seven years ago, I, I called a, a all hands with my team and said, nobody sell anybody anything. This, that was the wrong move. The first couple sessions there, I'm like, people need to hear these stories. Let's not ruin it by a sales pitch. And from that, from that time on, just so you know, and now everyone can know, because I think people still think it's a cult thing that we sell stuff. We actually have a rule at cult. We, we produce the gathering. We cannot work with any clients for at least two years if they show up at our event, uh, like people we put on stage. So it allows them to be totally safe and, and, and uh, protected that they can share stuff and we're not there to pitch them. Do we love to work with them down the road? Sure. But it's not our mission anymore. We put a rule in place to say that's not going to happen. It's, uh, it's made it more authentic. So what people can expect of that is it's a really, it's so opposite from other conferences you go to. It's called a summit that, we, it's not handing out business cards. You're not getting cards. You're getting connections. The speakers are walking around the floor. They're not being rushed off places. Uh, and it's the reason why is because they know that we set the table. It's not really a come and get clients. At the same time, millions of dollars have been done there because people actually build real relationships. And uh, as far as content goes, we just celebrate courage. These cult brands don't. Most of them don't advertise. They literally don't advertise. Um, Harley Davidson, for instance, they they spend of their say they have a hundred million dollar marketing budget. They spend eighty to ninety million on their existing customers, so they mm -hmm. they play by a different playbook. All of them, 
And uh, oftentimes culture and music is involved in what they do. They invest in the culture. They don't advertise. Um, and so we really shine a spotlight on these brands that do it. And it doesn't mean they don't do any advertising. Of course they do, but they don't have a reliance on it. They're not addicted to the, you know, the, the spikes of that advertising brings. And so they, and they have these rabid fans that, like I said earlier, they don't just buy from them. They buy in and they literally tattoo their brand on their body. And that would be, I think we could both agree and everyone watching that would be the ultimate, uh, I guess, um, buy-in from your customer if they get a tattoo. <laughs> so, uh, and we have a, we have an eight, we have an eight point scorecard. We've partnered with IBM Watson to not just pick our favorite brands. They also have to perform well. They have to be have engaged audiences. So it's became more art and science as well, who we choose. And, um, mm -hmm. I don't know what to say, man. Everyone tells me they leave happier. And I think it's because mm -hmm. they expose the courage and they believe that they can do it too. And we, like a, like a music festival, we put the headliners on stage. So this year, like Coke and Spotify, those, those types of brands are big. But then we also have a category called emerging cult brands. And it's brands like Neutral, which is from BC, Sage. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got these other brands that we brought through to say these are brands that are up and coming, but they're playing by the same playbook. So I think everyone feels inspired by the big headliners, but they also get hands-on knowledge of how to do it from these small up-and-comers. And, uh, and then people just feel connected. And it's, it's fun, man. It's in, it's in, it's in the Rockies and Banff. It's, you feel trapped. You, you, you go to con Have you been to conferences before, I'm sure? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so you know when you're at a conference in Toronto or New York, Vancouver, you leave the conference center and then you're in, in Vancouver and you're, you yeah. spread out. When you're in Banff, you leave, you don't really leave the castle. It's at the Banff Springs, this castle. Yeah. And even if you go into town, you run into people. So it feels like a, um, people call it like a destination wedding that you go to every year and you see the same people. And I love that. Very cool. It's very cool. So for you, Ryan, how about you? Are you an iOS, Android guy? What are you using on your phone? Yeah. Right. right, and 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 apps that you can't live without. What's your kind of go-to and kind of your daily life? My home screen is I have one called Memento. So I'll show my mm -hmm. screen, uh, right. which is a journaling app, uh, Audible. Yep. I'd like to listen mm -hmm. to books. I have a sleep app to see how my sleep's going. Communo is on my home screen, the Communo app, and then I have one called Habit Share, which I I love starting habits, but I want to be um, held accountable. So this is actually with my counselor and my business coach. They can see mm -hmm. what I've been doing and keep me accountable. And then I don't know if you've heard of this new app called, it's a company, a media company called The Athletic. Um, it's a new sports property and it's subscription based, no ads. And it's an amazing app. So that's, those are my favorite apps. And, and tell me about that last app. What is that? Yeah. So The Athletic, The Athletic is, uh, so they've went ahead and from the ground up, went and collected all these great journalists that are, as you know, journalists went through a real dark era there over the last 10 years, 15 years. And from the beginning, they were subscriptions. So no ads, people would pay. And they went out and started paying those great journalists, those investigative journalists in the sports world, uh, big bucks to come and cover stories and write amazing content. And uh, there's video content and written. And it's just done in such a, the UX is beautiful. And then they obviously put social in there as well. So there's, you can talk about, you know, with other people that like, like the St. Louis Blues like I do, you can reach them. It's just amazing where media has gone and they are knocking it out of the park. Uh, I, I, I would say they'll be the biggest 
sports media uh, like brand in the next five years. Like they're, they're just awesome. doing it right. So speaking of uh, branding and, and, and people making an impact, what's a piece of maybe mail or something you got delivered to you that had a big impact? Something I got delivered to me. This is a cool thing. I'll uh, show you this. So this is a uh, key that one yeah. of my um, people at the gathering gave me after year two. And he gave me this and said, hold on to this because what you're building at the gathering is super important. Uh, and it's going to unlock a lot of things for you personally, relationships, but it's going to more importantly unlock a lot of relationships and ideas for other people. And it was the coolest thing. I was like, this, you know, this guy went out of his way, got this key made, and, and mm. you can see it there. It's got like the logo on it and stuff. Um, and that's, when you said that, that stuck, that stuck out to me as one that I, I, uh, I love getting physical mail. I do that myself. I always send people handwritten cards and stuff. It uh, stands out, right? That's really cool. And I know that you, uh, you know, you're, you're busy with Camino. You've got the, the cult gathering coming up. But for you, like just recently, what's a brand that you've been following and just loving? And, and I know you can't say who's your favorite kid and what's your favorite brand, but if you could just mention one that like we should all be checking out and, and, and watching right now. Yeah, so because I um, really think they're, they do meaningful work, um, we... It's a, a brand that's been around forever, but they're at the gathering mm. this year, Coke. And it's a weird brand to say, mm. but they've been around for so long and they reinvent themselves. And Jeff Cottrell's the CMO there, or SVP Mark. I don't know. They have different words for them or, or titles at Coke. Uh, but they're just commitment to continue to reinvent and be part mm. of culture and just be present and give back. Uh, he has this awesome line in the video that we played. He's like, We've had an impact on culture, but more so culture than an impact on us. And I love brands that do that. Um, the second one is, even though I was talking about the athletic, I love what Barstool mm -hmm. Sports has done. Um, just, uh, they, they will hopefully be at the gathering in 2021. But Erica, their CEO, she really went to a boy's world and uh, revolutionized that industry. And I think they just sold or had a valuation of $450 million, where just three or four years ago, they were $5 million in revenue or something like that. And the reason why is they were true to their brand. They didn't try to please everyone. You, Most people hate them. And cult brands care less about that. They care about their core audiences. And so I, that's, that's a brand I love. And then this is a weird one. I'll throw one more out. It's, I love the Las okay. Vegas brand. Again, they, mm -hmm. they're not for everyone, right? They, but they landed on what happens yeah. here stays here and they're cool with that when they did that i think it was 18 19 years ago they mm. were trying to be confident they still do all those things but they just went through the roof and uh again people mm. hate vegas and i think to be loved okay. got to be hated and uh it's, that, that's something that is hard for people to accept well, ryan it was, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show i've uh, been following what you've been doing for a long time and it's it's such an honor and i hope the cult gathering goes incredible this year and communo people can check it out so both agency owners or those that are freelancers it sounds like small agencies large agencies agencies whoever you are check out communo can help you find the right resources and the people you need much like movie studios and you know home builders very cool i like yeah. those analogies everyone thank you for joining us on marketing jam whether you're watching it uh and you get to see ryan's cool office i assume that's where you work uh, and his cool shirt and his hat. If you're not watching, make sure you check out Ryan uh, and his office. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week, and we'll see you next week on Marketing Camp.
Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.